Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and try and solve old defunct ARGs, and Lauren's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true, except this week you didn't really have one to solve. This week I got the week off. <laughs> it's much easier in the world of live streams. What are we covering this week, Martin? So we are covering uh, the D&D ARG called uh, No Stone Unturned. It was also called a bunch of other stuff, but I think that was the name that like the fans and the people making it actually decided on. Yeah, our formatting's off a little bit because we are doing a special episode for International Podcast Month. Well, I've got my dice, I've got my character sheet, and I have my DM screen covering my microphone, so let's get started. This ARG actually happened last year uh, in summer of 2018. Wizards of the Coast was doing a live stream event called Stream of Many Eyes. Um, I mm-hmm. didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I know there were a lot of like celebrities on it. I watched part of it. Um, I watched their like opening festivity stuff, and I watched their uh, their reveal. Uh, it's where they revealed their book for last year, which was the um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Um, so I watched that reveal, but I um, I'm very picky about actual play RPGs and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't really watch any of the streaming games, but I did watch the festivities and the stuff around the release. So people noticed that on the website there was uh, a Morse code hashtag on like the bottom of the website with the announcements of who was going to be there. Uh, and they decoded the Morse code and they got the hashtag no stone unturned, which is the name of this ARG. Okay, so they kicked it off with the, the guest announcement. The people who noticed the Morse code saw that it was the hashtag immortal fortress. No. It was the hashtag no stone unturned, which led them to the Twitter handle Immortal Fortress, uh, which was owned by a D&D character named Kalesh Marivaldi. Kalesh Marivaldi. Uh, I do not know that name. Yeah, I don't think that he's an official D&D character because I looked him up and the only references are on the wiki for this ARG. Marn, what is an official D&D character? I mean, like, you know... Like, there are characters that, like, appear in the books and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. I was gonna say, I got a lot of, I got a lot of D&D characters, and they're all official in my heart, so you better watch your tone. <laughs> but, like, not someone that the players would know, is what I was trying to get at. The next day, this guy, Kalesh, hijacks the official D&D Twitter account. Oh, cool, okay. And says, hey, one of like, the most powerful mages in Faerun sent this stone to Earth with with a guardian. It's like a magical stone. Um, but the guardian lost all his memories and doesn't know that he's supposed to be a guardian. And he also doesn't know about this, like, magical stone. Um, and we in the Forgotten Realms need that stone. So you have to find the guardian and help him get his memories back and send the stone back to us. Okay, so okay, so this is taking place in the real world, but we are 
sending the stone back to Faerun, yes. the Forgotten Realms. Yep. Okay, cool. Sometime later, uh, on May 3rd, uh, Kalesh posts in the No Stone Unturned hashtag on Twitter a link of D&D items. And everyone's like, what do we do with this? Someone realizes that the list is actually an acrostic, and if you take the first letter of every item, you get Adam Glover, uh, or you get Adam underscore Glover, and they found a Yelp a Yelp review page by a reviewer named Adam Glover. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at this tweet. So it's it's just scramble like Ersat's eye, orb of time, gem of seeing, and then you unscramble all the first letters. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so they found this Yelp reviewer, Adam Glover, uh, who also goes under the pseudonym Glover's Travels. Um, oh, that's cute. Yeah. And they noticed that uh, the ratings system that he uses uh, on his Yelp is very similar to um, this traveler from the Forgotten Realms D&D lore named Volo Getarm, and Adam Glover is actually a anagram for his name. Uh, oh, and they're like, okay. Do you know who Volo is, Marn? I don't. I don't know that much about Forgotten Realms. So Volo is um, basically a traveler that, like, in fiction, he travels around writing books. Um, one of the guides in D&D 5th edition is Volo's Guide to Monsters. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, um, I do know what that is. <laughs> So he, um, he's, and in, um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, the book that that was a stream to promote, spoiler alert for the first, like, three sessions, um, he gives you a quest to find a friend of his, and then, uh, the reward that he gives you kind of kicks off the whole story for the book. So he's a pretty big name in D&D. Okay. So, but we think that Volo came to Earth bonked his head on entry and was like i'd better become a yelp reviewer correct <laughs> that's very funny okay um, he's an eccentric enough dude that i believe that he is an active yelp following <laughs> so the players reached out to him i think he also had a twitter that they found at some point okay he found that he had a notebook that was full of like handwritten yelp reviews that he didn't remember writing <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, and they were all for real life, like gaming stores. Um, okay, that's very funny. And so the players found that each of the ten reviews for these gaming stores had a password that referred to a location in Faerun, uh, which was used at the gaming stores to get like a dead drop USB drive. Whoa. Yeah. They would go to the actual stores, and then the people working at those stores would give out flash drives to players? Yeah. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? The flash drive also was in the shape of, like, a, like a, an old-timey key. That's so cool. I know. I want to do this ARG. I'm looking... Yeah, can we go back in time and do this? <laughs> so, on the on each USB was a different phrase in like these glyphs that they didn't yet know how to translate and like a a pdf letter that was like 
Well, you'll eventually be able to decipher this. Um, just share it on Twitter with the hashtag. <laughs> Help us fix this, find this stone, and send it back to the D&D universe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and so that was the first uh, solved puzzle. Uh, but Adam still didn't remember that he was like a D&D universe character. Sure. Yeah. You bonk your head real hard, you lose those memories. Yeah, you know. I've been there before. <laughs> also, I will say this uh, is kind of a weird ARG in that a lot of the puzzles were kind of going on simultaneously because they would get like the start of a puzzle on Twitter and they would start working on it and then they would get like the start of a second puzzle. So I'm just going to run down them in like the order that they were solved. Um which they're listed on on the Immortal Fortress wiki. Okay, so we're using the Immortal Fortress wiki, and we should know that all of these are like spaghetti junction together at the time. They were all intertangled, yeah. but yeah. we're just going through in order of solve. Cool. Yeah. Um, so there was another puzzle with the Yelp review. Um, they noticed that there were 13 four-star reviews, and then um, Adam made some kind of tweet about how he has like his own unique system <laughs> that doesn't surprise me he's a very odd dude they were like oh maybe there's more that we have to do with the yelp adam says that his system is that he rates businesses and coins he rates hotels and pipes he rates uh restaurants and bars in tankards and then he rates safety in daggers Okay. In the case of safety, fewer daggers are better. Okay. Yeah. So, hold, hold on. It's like a five... It's a five-star system, but you want as few stars as possible? Yes. Okay. Um, And so the players notice that when they add up the amount of dollar signs in the Yelp review and then the numbers of, like, coins, pipes, daggers whatever and then they use that number to find the number word in the review when they put all of the those words from the reviews together it uh it becomes a sentence so like i've got a four dagger review of some cd bar that's very dangerous yes for that review i take the fourth word so if it's like this bar is very then i grab the very from it yep Okay, and then from there they spelled out... What did they spell? Uh, place second creature as code key, then you start your ABC, which they didn't know what to do with yet. <laughs> okay. But it helped them with another puzzle. A lot of this ARG was like, they solved puzzles to get hints for other puzzles. <laughs> that's really... That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I, I feel like a lot of ARGs can get into kind of a linear puzzle. Yeah. It's kind of neat to have things that like you solve and then help other puzzles out. That's very neat. Yeah, it's very cool. Because um, a lot of this at the beginning was they were trying to decipher this like glyph alphabet. And so they mm -hmm. were getting hints uh, to be able to do that. So the next puzzle they got from the okay. Immortal Fortress Twitter, uh, which okay. was a tweet that said, the Sage of Shadowdale hath sent another clue, a monster fiercely unduplicated, and more to ponder on the backside of said scroll, and then just a list of numbers. 
a big list of numbers. And to solve this, what they had to do was they had to do all the dead drops. They had to do all of the other Yelp review thing. Um, Okay. And they determined that each little, like, glyph thing from each gaming store was a D&D monster. And okay, they figured so out... Get, so, like, from one, you get an owl bear, from one, yeah. you get a pegasus. Okay. And they figured out that the second gaming store, uh, the glyph said gargoyle. Okay. Um, so they realized that place second creature, they were like, okay, we need the creature from the second gaming store. So they got... So they figured out that it was gargoyle. And okay. they were like, okay, that's our code key. And then... Using the clue, place second creature as code key, then you start your ABC. They made a key for a keyed Caesar cipher, um, which is a Caesar cipher, but you put a word at the beginning, basically. So gargoyle was their base key. Can you explain what that means? A keyed Caesar cipher? Yes. Okay, so basically what it is, is that, um, so you know how ROT13 is you move all of the letters 13 spaces? Okay, so like A becomes, I think, K? Yes. So a keyed Caesar cipher is that you put a word at the beginning of the alphabet, and then you take the rest of the alphabet and you put it after that word. So like the one for gargoyle looks like this. Okay, so you take gargoyle, you take out the second G because G is already represented. So you type out G-A-R-O-Y-L-E. And then you start B, C, D, F, H, because you're cutting out letters that are already there. Yeah. So instead of just a direct A to Z alphabet cipher, it's close, except the word is represented separately. Yeah. Okay. We'll include a link in the show notes to a a deeper understanding of that. Um, I know that a lot of listeners might not be as intimately familiar with ARGs, so I want to make sure that we're kind of walking through what it means. Yeah, this... This is a really complicated puzzle. Um, it's, yeah, that's surprisingly complicated for the second puzzle of an ARG. <laughs> and then what they did was they took the phrase, a monster fiercely unduplicated, and they okay. took the list of numbers that they had, and they shifted each letter by the number like in the list, because they had a list of numbers, and then they had a phrase that was exactly the same amount of letters as the numbers they had. So the first letter okay. is A, and the first number is 17. So they shifted A 17 places and got R. Okay. There were a couple numbers left. very complex puzzle. I know. And there were a couple numbers left over, and they realized that they were missing seven letters, um, which presumably was the name of the monster they were trying to find. And then okay. they put that extremely scrambled phrase into the keyed Caesar descrambler and got a new phrase. Okay. Convert new glyphs to page word and, and they were missing the rest of the phrase um, because okay. the 10th dead drop they hadn't received yet. Okay. Uh, but apparently they were able to reverse engineer it uh, and they 
we're like, oh, so Anne, page word Anne is probably going to be page word and something. So we can sure. put the D in there. And then they detranslated. And then they reverse decoded it, realized that it became an O. So they were looking for a seven letter monster that starts with an O. Octopus. Owlbear. Owlbear. Okay. I, I got close. I was close. Add the first letter right. So they so then they put in a monster fiercely unduplicated owlbear, and they put it through the the numbers and through the Caesar cipher, and they got convert new glyphs to page, word, and letter. So so it becomes like a book cipher is what yes. it's saying. Um, I want to pause real quick because the players took a puzzle that's already complicated, and they made a more complicated version of solving it. Because correct. they got impatient. Yeah, correct. I love ARGs. That's incredible. They sure did that. All right. So, a book cipher. Where do we go from here? So, that doesn't actually become important until later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so where do we need to go? So where I'm we... lost. I've got a bunch of scrolls in front of me. I've got an owlbear off to the side. I got these keys. What do I need to do? So... Where we need to go is that uh, the players figured out from uh, the Twitter accounts and information that they were getting from the other puzzles is that they have to cast a spell to help Adam Glover, quote-unquote, and they need to figure out three separate components of the spell. So they're casting a spell to restore memories and, like, restore him to who he was? Yes. Are we casting Greater Restoration, Marn? Maybe. Okay. So they figure out that they need three <laughs> separate components. I don't know ARGs, but I do know D&D, so here <laughs> we are. So they figure out they need a somatic, a verbal, and a material component for the spell that they're going to cast. Of course. And Immortal Fortress says that once they get all of the components, they can put together everything they've learned to see his memory return. Cool. Immortal Fortress uh, likes to talk in rhymes. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, you know. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> and so they find Adam Glover's Instagram account. Uh and they Is it pictures of food? Think, I think it's just like pictures of his life. Volo seems like the kind of person that has pictures of his food on his Instagram account. And that's <laughs> all that it is. <laughs> Volo's a travel influencer. God, it's true. And so the Instagram tells them actually what that they're going to need the somatic, verbal, and material. The Immortal Fortress Twitter uh, tweets, The incantation needed for the spell remains elusive, hiding in plain sight. We first must get these beasts from off our backs in order to unearth the words outright. That which you need to say to prime the spell within the data you've accrued doth dwell. So they realize that okay. they had to take the 10 monster names that they got from the dead drops uh, which they were able to decode because along the way they were figuring out like the glyph alphabet because they decoded like Albear and Gargoyle um, so they were kind of able to use that as a key um, okay and those sorry those 10 were those 10 monsters were Albear you sent me a link uh, Albear Gargoyle Mimic Drider Taraske. Arumvarax, 
Cyclops, Lizard Folk, Osher Jelly, and Giant Centipede. Yeah. All the harm wrecks of a good D&D campaign. <laughs> uh, and they realized that when they put them in the order that the Yelp reviews were, which is the order that you just read them in, they get letters okay. that descramble to Adam is below, which is okay. the verbal component of their spell. All right. Yeah. And then the next thing they solved was the material component. Um, okay. Another Twitter account uh, posted in the no the no stone unturned and the team volo hashtags, uh, which the second one was a kind of impromptu hashtag set up by the players. Sure. Um, and they said that. What if the material component is the book that Adam has with the handwritten Yelp reviews? Because they noticed that uh, there is a material component called a runic ledger. Sure, yeah. What better way to restore Volo's mind than with his own journal? That makes yeah. sense. Um, and the apparently no one knows if this is actually supposed to be the solution or if the game masters just liked it enough that they were like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. <laughs> it's a runic ledger now. We were going to say that you needed a diamond worth $500, but this is good too. We're going to keep this one. Yeah. Um, and then Adam's Adam on Twitter was like, hey, I found some like weird runes in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, he posts like uh, a ledger that is actually a logic puzzle, um, which is okay. like just like a process of elimination puzzle, and okay, they run through this logic puzzle and they eventually get a diamond from Hilda in a silver bag at the cost of a hundred seventy-five gold purchased in December. Yeah. See. Told you, you needed a big old diamond. Yeah. Um, and then using the Instagram, they solved the somatic component and they realized that um, 10 images posted on Adam's Instagram account are actually flag code. Oh, okay, cool. One of the people uh, playing the ARG said uh, that they spell sign recall. Um, on Twitter, and then the official like website that was tracking everything didn't say that that was the correct response. So he posted a a um, a video of him s- actually signing the word recall in ASL. That's cool. And that got an acknowledgement. Cool. Okay. Um. So they figured out that the spell, which is Greater Restoration, nailed it. Because it uses a diamond, um, and they sign sign the phrase recall, and then they said Adam is Volo, um, and someone tweeted that out, and I believe they got Volo's memory back. Okay. They successfully so, pulled it off. How did we? How did we get the memory back? Did we? Like what? What happened? Um, his Twitter profile changed into a Twitter profile for Volo Get Harm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So they just tweeted, they were like, I hope this worked. And then the guy was like, why does my Twitter say I'm Adam Glover? <laughs> Basically. Okay. So cool. We got Volo back. Volo's feeling good. Uh, yeah. but we still need to find the stone, right? Yes. Uh, so then after that, they did a spell that was, they had to, they got like a list of anagrams of song names and they had to every song had a word that was spelled out in it oh so like um like respect by aretha franklin yeah or okay like, yeah okay cool r-e-s-p-e-c-t i'm looking at like the chart that they made to solve this and i have no idea how they solved this hang on <laughs> so they had to count the length of the words that are spelled out so like one of their songs was Hollaback Girl, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. There are seven sure. letters of bananas, and the seventh letter in Gwen Stefani's name is E. Okay, that is a wild solution. Yeah. Um, okay. And they got the word creation, which is a fifth level illusion spell. Um, and then they had from the tweet that they got this... Uh, puzzle in uh, they knew that it was supposed to lead to a capital from far beyond so they looked up the creation spell in D&D Beyond and the only capital letter uh, the only proper noun in the description of the spell is Shadowfell okay so they got the solution Shadowfell okay do you know what the Shadowfell is Morn? what is the Shadowfell? So the Shadowfell is basically like, it's like a dark version of the D&D world. Um, It's kind of like the upside down from Stranger Things, except not as like, not as bleak. Okay. Yeah. So like the way that I've always looked at it, um, there's, so if you look at like the material world, the material plane, how it normally exists, that's just where you are. Yeah. Earth's equivalent. Then there's, like, two, like, there's the the Feywilds and the Shadow, uh, and the, the Shadowfell. Yeah, I know, um, I know about the Feywilds, I know less about the Shadowfell. So, the Feywild, it's kind of like the opposite of the Feywilds. Instead okay. of being, like, a twisted version of, um, of the Material Plane, but toward, like, the lighter Fey side of things... It's toward the more darker, evil, or shadow of things. Okay, that makes somewhat sense to me. <laughs> yeah, so going to the shadow fell makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and so the next puzzle they get, which I believe was only a couple days later, was a dice puzzle. Okay. Uh, and... Do we have to buy big fancy dice for this one? Because I got you covered. <laughs> No, it was uh, the Immortal Fortress Twitter tweeted a picture of some dice uh, that had some words next to them and also some scent values. Okay. Uh, So so there's a... So each die corresponds to a four-letter word. Uh, One of them is missing. Mm -hmm. Using the rest of the die as a key, they figured out that the first letter is the letter of a color. So the green dice word is grab. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, The second letter is based on the number shown on the die. So 
zero is ten, A is four. Uh, they figure out that the letter for six is an R. R. Um, because of grab okay. again. Uh, so that the, would be, and it's a pink dice, so P R. Yes. Uh, the third letter is based on what kind of die it is. So A is a D six. Okay. Um, so P R A, and the fourth letter is based on the cent the value money. shown next so to it. So it's a yep. Y. Yeah. So they All get right, pray. Pray. Cool. cool. That's nifty. I I like that puzzle a whole lot. Actually, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool puzzle. Unfortunately, it only works for like a certain amount of words. <laughs> I would love to see how they like reverse engineered that one, where they were like, "All right, how." How do we, how do we make this puzzle clear, and also how do we get them to get the right word out of it? Yeah, I will say of all the information on this sheet, uh, the the D six with a six on it that's green is doing a lot of hefty lifting. Yeah, because that's worth. Uh, you could find three of the letters from that dice alone. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. It is cool. It's a neat. It's a neat puzzle. Uh, so the next one they get is a list of spells which is called on the wiki the spell list puzzle the spell um, list puzzle yeah i will send you a picture of it i like that a lot of these puzzles are written out on little scrolls that were yeah it's very on cute Twitter. i like this a lot yeah all right enthrall mind spike symbol raise dead stone skin cure wounds a lot of my favorites on this list yeah uh and then the next day the immortal fortress twitter uh posted a color scheme for the schools of magic um and says that some mages sort the schools of magic into chromatic scales so like necromancy is black divination is white illusion is purple abjuration is blue transmutation is green enchantment is yellow conjuration is orange and evocation is red okay so i'm spitballing here but i assume that we sort this list based on the schools of um the schools of magic in them and then maybe count the number of spells in each one and that gives us a list Ah, that gives us a number to use um the wiki (laughs) The wiki starts the solution out with, okay, this one might be a little complicated, which is very funny considering how complicated the solutions have been so far. It's your cue to run away. Um, So they wrote out the school of magic and the spell level for each of the spells listed. Oh, okay. This is way more complicated than I was expecting. (laughs) Okay, so this goes with another puzzle that they were solving around the same time. Um, okay. Where throughout this whole ARG, so you know how in the Frog Fractions ARG, um, people kept finding the eye sigils in different games and they didn't know that it was like leading to something that would help them for the Frog Fractions ARG all along? Yeah, people thought it was its own ARG separate from everything else. Okay. So, um, throughout this ARG, people were finding, um, these little puzzle pieces that, uh, would, that they could put together to make into little crests. 
So, yeah, so they, they took these crests that they were getting. They were like, all right, we have one for each color. Um, okay. And they used those crests as their key to solve the puzzle. Um, eventually, they started adding up, like, they were like, all right, so we have X many of abjuration spells and the levels, uh, when we add up their levels, we get this number. And then when we add up these numbers from the crests, we get this number. And with a bunch of complicated math, they get a list of numbers. Uh, they convert them to letters and the letters de-anagram to the phrase in guides. Hmm. So I believe the next puzzle is actually uh, figuring out these crests. Okay. So they get the hint in guides, and they have the hint page, word, and letter. And they were like, alright, what if each of these crests becomes like a key to using, to like getting something out of the guides? Like, what if each of these crests is a key for us to get like a word or a phrase from Vol- the Volo guides. Okay. Um, they realize that there are eight guides, just like there are eight crests. Um, if they order the crests by the color of the spectrum with black and white at the end, they map to if you order the guides in alphabetical order, and then they there's a certain amount of letters on each crest and then they turn the letters to numbers um, and they use that as their key to kind of go through the guides and they're like, all right, page X, word X, letter X. Um, And they eventually get the letters I-C-A-O-H-U-F-P. Oh, Icohuff. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so ICO is the International Civil Aviation Organization, um, which uses like abbreviations for airports. And then HUFP is for Fort Portal Airport, which is a airport. (laughs) Of course it is. Okay. Um, so they're like, all right, this is probably where we're supposed to do our thing to send the stone back with Volo. Okay. Yeah. So while the players were figuring out where to send Volo, um, the official D&D Twitch channel was doing streams, and there were more hidden messages in their streams. Okay. Um, and so occasionally on a stream, uh, one of the people on it would like hold up something that had a glyph on it or it would just like appear on the screen or on their Twitter account and people were keeping track of these glyphs uh, and they eventually got enough to make a whole string of letters and then they were like Oh, it's a it's another cipher. So they used the key Shadowfell that they got way back when. Um, okay. And they used that as the key in a Visioneer cipher, which was kind of like a keyed uh, Caesar cipher. I think we talked about Visioneers when we did 
Gravity Falls. Um, they, I believe we did. Yeah. They use that to decrypt their string of letters uh, and turn them into the words plane shift. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to blow anyone's mind by announcing that that's a spell that lets you change what plane you're on. Oh. Yeah, to shift your plane. <laughs> um, and apparently they actually were able to reverse engineer this one as well because um, <laughs> before they got the last two glyphs, they figured out what the key was and they were like, oh, it's going to be plane shift because they had like yeah, so- plane shift. <laughs> <laughs> And so the next puzzle they got was a crossword puzzle, but it didn't have clues. <laughs> it was just an so, image of a crossword puzzle. So so right now we know we need to cast Plane Shift. We're going to do it at the Fort Portal Airport in Uganda, which makes sense because it's a portal. Yeah. But now we just need to know a verbal component and a material component again? I believe cool. so. Okay, cool. Surprisingly logical course of events for such wild puzzles. Yeah, D&D's pretty pretty logical. Yeah. Yeah. So they get this crossword puzzle template, but there's no clues. Again, from the Immortal Fortress Twitter, who is, lest we forget, Kalesh. (laughs) That's what his name is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Volo posted a clue that was like, do you ever lose all your dice bags? (laughs) (laughs) And the players were like, oh, Volo, when he was Adam, posted a picture of, like, him making dice bags on his Instagram. So the clue must be on his Instagram somewhere. Okay. And they realized that one of his first uh, Instagram pictures was of a word cloud that just had a bunch of like random okay. words in it um like see think learn critique construct brainstorm sure like a corporate retreat yeah guide so they took those words and they used them to fill in the um the crossword and taking all of the okay. letters where words intersect with each other they get the word amorast. Neat. Okay. Which is a D&D word. Um, according to the Common Dictionary of the Forgotten Realms, it means farewell until next we meet. D- duh, of course. <laughs> Do you not have a Common Dictionary of the Forgotten Realms? Yeah, D&D? you know. I'm gonna. I'm doing a D&D weekend with some friends uh, next weekend. We're going to rent out a cabin and just play all weekend because that's a good thing to do in the summer. That's so um, cool. Yeah, when we leave, I'm going to say Amorast and see if any <laughs> of them know what I'm talking about. Oh my god. Um, and so the next puzzle they get is a tuning fork puzzle. Okay. Uh, they get a key that has a bunch of tuning forks, uh, a bunch of letters and numbers, and a bunch of like weird sound waves on them. Okay. Oh, it's the frequencies. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and they figure out that the first step of what they have to do is they have to find the right frequency for each note using the pitch 
So like okay. middle C is 256 hertz. D, sure. like a D note is 288. Um, so they have to find those. They divide each frequency by the number that is with that letter. So they have to divide. So for C, they divide 256 by 32 and they get 8 and so on and okay. so forth. Then they have to convert the like the waveform images that they have into numbers. So with the C, they have a blank waveform and they have one that has two waves. So that's zero, two. Okay. And then for D, the next one would be three and then a blank. So 30? Yeah. Cool. And then they were like, all right, well, what do we do with these, with these numbers? We don't know what to do. Um, and they get a clue from Volo's Twitter that says, like, it can be really easy to get off base. Ha 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 ha. And they were like, oh, we need to translate oh. them to base 10. <laughs> sure. Okay. And so they put all the numbers into base 10 and then they convert them to letters and they get the word bronze. And they realize okay. that the material component of their spell is a bronze tuning fork. All right. So we send uh, Volo to Uganda. Yeah. We're going to tap a bronze tuning fork and we're going to yell, was it Amarant? Amarast? Yes. Amarast. And then he'll probably disappear. And we never found the, the, the stone, did we? Uh, Marn, where's my rock? I think Volo has the stone. Oh, he still has. Okay, I thought that we. I thought he got separated from it. Okay. Yeah. So cool. the next thing that happens is they're like, "All right, we know where you're supposed to go. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you the spell." Um, and so Volo says, "I'm at the portal. I found this weird letter wheel, and apparently, the order that I put these glyphs in will affect where I go." And I feel like there's information that I don't have yet. Um, huh. Um, and a D&D streamer uh, posts some weird images of, like, just lines. Uh, and is like, hey, Kalesh sent these to me and said that we need them to unlock the portal. Um, okay. And then the Kalesh Twitter contradicted that and said, there's an imposter who is trying to tell you the wrong thing. Oh, we're getting a last minute twist. Here's the actual glyph that you need. And don't listen to the fake Kalesh. Um, and when you put the glyphs over the, uh, the wheel, like the, the letter wheel, uh, they spell out words. Well, they don't spell out real words, but they just, like, provide a combination of letters. Um, okay. So they had to pick uh, which one. <laughs> just, you got a coin to, flip. Yeah. Pick one of these odd D&D folks to believe. But they're, one both, of them, <laughs> but they're both claiming to be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> one of them can tell only truths. The other can tell only lies. God. Uh, and so everyone is arguing because Volo puts up a poll and then he tweets and is like, so what if what if there was a third option? Oh I my god. Because I don't know that either <laughs> of these are the correct one. 
So what if I go to like a neutral location, like Waterdeep? And he's like, if you think that I should go to Waterdeep, you should tweet with the hashtag Waterdeep. <laughs> okay, Waterdeep's pretty neutral. That's a decent place to go. Yeah. It puts him in place ready to start Waterdeep Dragon Heist, so it's a yeah. good place to be. Uh, and so the whole uh, kind of got scrapped, and everyone's like, yeah, you should probably go to Waterdeep, my dude. And so Volo posted a tweet that was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Waterdeep, and when I'm done, I'll find who the real Kalash is. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Volo. (laughs) Uh, And then the Immortal Fortress Twitter tweeted, and so one chapter ends and a new one begins. When all of this began, I told you no one was to be trusted. I did not think you would actually believe me. (laughs) (laughs) no matter the stone will be mine soon enough at least now i can desist with this interminable poetry you will know my name soon enough perhaps on a certain level level you have always known i love the implication that he was just tweeting in rhyme to like be in character as this guy no one knew from dnd lore (laughs) like there's no Hold on, I'm trying to think of what I know about Waterdeep Dragon Heist now. Because uh, there is a stone that has passed through Volo's possession at some point, I think, in that book. So I guess this lines up with that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did they ever announce who Immortal Fortress was? Yeah, it's Halister Black Cloak, which is what the name of the Twitter changed to. Oh, that's the uh, the Mad Mage. Yeah, the that uh, guy. Dungeon of the Mad Mage that came out later. Okay, what does he have anything to do with any of this? They, that was the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in episode two. That'll tell you. <laughs> I do think it's very funny that um, someone tweeted to correct his spelling of the word desist, and he replied with "truth is relative." But, like, repeated 20 times. That's very funny. Um, And then at the beginning of June, uh, the people who ran the ARG, like, came out on Twitter. I was like, hey, thanks for playing. This is super cool. And watch this stream that we're doing. Um, That's very neat. Yeah. And the guy who uh, ran it actually works for Niantic, who makes Ingress and Pokemon Go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, the other person who ran it is... Well, I can just say their names, because it doesn't matter. Uh, the people who ran it are Emmett Fury and Eliza Teague. Uh, Emmett Fury works for Niantic, which makes Ingress and Pokemon Go, and Eliza Teague works at Lone Shark Games, which makes uh, Betrayal of the House on the Hill. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's very neat. Yeah. Cool. That kind of... I don't know, there have been a couple ARGs that we've covered that you've revealed, like, yeah, it turns out it was developed by people that, like, work their day jobs in game <laughs> fields. And it's like, oh, it kind of shows in the level of the puzzles and the polish that was put into them. That's very cool. That's the end of the ARG. For now. <laughs> Do 
Do we if... want to do recommendations because we're already over time? <laughs> I don't think. Uh, normally, we'd go into recommendations and talk about the things that we've been uh, watching and reading and playing this week. But for now, we're going to cut that because we're getting a little short due to International Podcast Month. Uh, thanks to everyone that checked us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. We hope that you enjoyed this deep dive into a D&D ARG and are interested in checking out. Uh, we do more deep dives into other ARGs. We've covered a lot of really uh, wild and wacky games over um, the couple months that we've been doing this podcast. And if you like deep dives, I think you should check us out. If you're interested in checking us out, uh, we're a part of the Orange Groves Network. You can go to us at theorangegroves.com slash Argonauts. Uh, you can also check us out at argonautspodcast.com. Or if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at argonautspodcast at gmail.com. I have been Andrew Sherman. I have been Mark. And thanks for checking us out. Good night, everyone. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.